Hey, everybody. Absolutely fantastic episode of the morning show today. Nick hosts the show. Uh, you know, I am in London and actually at the beginning couldn't get into a hotel room. Nick is the host. He does an absolutely bang up job. Really impressed me. We talk a lot about Art Gobblers. Art Gobblers is the story of the space. You're seeing monster sales. The floor gets as high as 20 plus ETH this morning. It's pretty, pretty crazy. These things are selling for $25,000 a piece. There's some FUD surrounding the project because of some blue jokes that the creators made. We dive into all of it. It's a lot of fun. Giancarlo from Giancarlo Buys Tokens on YouTube actually joins us on the show. It's fantastic. Hope you enjoy it. Yo, gobble, gobble. Good morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Gobble, gobble. Welcome to the NFT Morning Show live from the UK, live from across the pond, live from London. We are bringing all of that NFT market analysis, what's going up, what's going down, and everything in between to you right now. I'm on the street. I'm in a mobile setup. It's a little different than normal. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week. I'm here with my co-host, Nick. Today's the host. Nick, how you feeling? I'm all right. Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, feeling like an early Thanksgiving is going on here with all the gobbling going on in this NFT market. That, that's what's going on. Goblin all the way down to a full uh, Ponzi drawdown. Would that be fair to say? Uh, is that what's happening to Art Gobblers right now? I actually didn't look at the floor price of Art Gobblers. Uh, yeah, it's at 15 e No, it's actually pretty high. 15 ETH. Oh, wow. It's up. So, yeah, the, the floor is up um, despite all of the FUD that I've been trying to provide on this project. It keeps moving against um, against me. So that's uh, that's what life is like in NFT land. Uh, I didn't get in on this, so I'm just going to FUD it. And that's how things go on crypto Twitter nowadays, if you didn't notice this. If you didn't get in on the allow list, at attack people to a degree that makes them want to leave this space. Like that's what you're aiming for uh, at this point in time. That's kind of what crypto Twitter has been for the past 24 hours. So... I mean, that's a fair way to look at it. I saw Kicks uh, feeling some type of way about the fact that there's allow list privilege. Kicks, uh, are, are you angry? Do you want to scream and shout about that? Uh, no, not at all. I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, calm guy. If you know me personally, I don't scream or yell or anything like that. Uh, you know, just very level-headed kind of guy. No, no, I'm <laughs> the irony is your microphone is like on like amplify level, and you're like, I'm a very calm individual. Is it better? Uh, anyways, you, can, you can go ahead. All right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just doing a little trolling, but you know, the best trolling is, is mixed in with some truth. I just, uh, dude, I mean, here's the thing. Like I can go and I can fill out all of these allow lists. And like, since I have, uh, like a lot of Twitter followers, I'll probably win a lot of them, but there's just something inside me that just makes me cringe when it's like, dude, I'm about to go fill out like a college application so that I can like mint something to get free money. And it's like, uh, dude, I, I liked it. I, I get a bull run's different, but I liked it in the bull run where I felt like we were just in a big arena, battle royale arena, just beating the crap out of each other. But it felt fair. You know, no one had a bazooka. You know, everyone was starting with, you know, rusty knives. Like it felt, it felt kind of fair. And I mean, I get why we've gotten to this 
uh, this like system. I, first of all, allow lists. They're great for marketing because then people have to talk about them for months and months and months before they mint. Cause everyone's like, Oh, are you getting on this? Can you get on that? So I get it from a marketing perspective, but like, I think a lot of people think that, um, uh, like, uh, allow lists are so people can't like bot mints. And it's like, well, l- let me tell you about this, something called a reverse Dutch auction. It's a great way to prevent people from potting mints. It also gets a lot of money to the, uh, creators of the project. Uh, but also people think that like allow lists aren't getting gamed out there, dude. I guarantee you someone has a team of like a hundred people out of Egypt paying them full time, a dollar an hour, just to grind every single allow list under the sun. So sure, someone can't straight bought it with a script, but I guarantee you name off any uh, allow list mint coming out in the next month with like a 10K mint. I guarantee you someone out there has 50. Someone out there has grinded for 50. So dude, it's just like, you know, I mean, I got on the Utes, I got on the Utes list. I did my whole application and everything like that, but just, it, it just, it just puts a bad taste in my mouth. Um, it's similar to how the microphone is in your mouth right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I'm not even going to say anything. Go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, I think the, the allow list privilege is real. Why they have to be Egyptian though? Like shout out to Egypt and all of our Egyptian listeners. Like, I don't like, is that, is that the place we're hiring now for? Uh, yeah. For- I, I fixed my mic. I think, by the way, I think my child adjusted some of the settings. Um, I just, just readjusted them back. Just turn the uh, volume down. Maybe like uh, 20%. Okay. Yeah. I'll just move a little farther away from the mic, but no, I, th- I think Egypt is just known for uh, really high quality, allow less grinding. That's why I mentioned them. Uh, well, shout out to all the Egyptians in the uh, audience. You all, y'all are the real ones carrying this uh, market on your back straight up the Nile river. So really appreciate y'all uh, putting in that effort. Uh, P- uh, Easy and PO, what was the flight like? Well, the flight was good, and for people that don't uh, have context, Easy and me are in London, and our hotel, uh, apparently preparing a hotel room is like a really serious operation, because we were like, is there any chance we can get into one room? And the guy was like, all I can do is try. Theo, come back. The room's ready. The room's ready? Okay. All yeah, right. we're in the room, so come back. Thanks. Uh, the other thing, too, is if you are in a middle seat on a flight, you should have respect and courtesy to not get up every 35 minutes during a nine hour flight. That's uh, never appreciated. But other than that, man, the market's alive. I feel good. We got Keeper minting today. ETH seems to have some good mints coming up. Ether, we got Valhalla. I'm excited, man. The market feels good. Even Soul has like five or six hyped mints in the next like 30 days. So maybe we get a little bit of a, a little bit of a bull bounce going into the new year. Hey, Easy, how old was the person sitting in the middle seat? Dude, I don't know, bro. <laughs> like, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be ageist here, but I wasn't happy with their actions. Okay, yeah, because it was Literally begging people for a hotel room right now, but shout out. Uh, we believe in you. You're going to make it back. Uh, Kicks, uh, P.O. said he's going to hit you up on Discord. Yeah, shut up, P.O. I'm sure it's better now. I hit one more button. No, it's, it's uh, definitively I mean, not. Dude, I, I really I do not understand. I, I do not understand. Like, you should work for Apple in QA on how to just make audio products not work, but have no fear, ladies and gentlemen in the audience. I will be in the hotel room with Crispy Audio in just a minute. Uh, okay. Have no fear. 
Anyways, we got also a signal here. Uh, signal, are you in uh, the UK or you're still not there? Yeah, I've made it to London. I didn't have to take a flight, luckily. So that was good. I've seen Easy's tweeting red buses. So <laughs> he's clearly in London. It's very cute when people tweet the red buses and the black taxis. Uh, sometimes like... Like when, like when you've lived in London for so long, you become so like just nonchalant to everything around that you kind of forget that we actually do have really cool red buses and really cool black cabs. Yeah, so, but they drive um, on keep the wrong tweeting. side of the road. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do drive on the wrong side of the road. I've heard that many, many times. And it's actually, it's actually really annoying because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when you drive out of like, say, um, like the Eurotunnel, so you're going from the UK and going into France, and then you have to remember you need to drive on the other side of the road. And you're just like, oh, your, your mind is just like really confused for a moment. But I I get this a lot. Yes, we drive on the wrong, wrong side of the road. And yes, our taxis and red buses are super cool. Just I mean, I don't know which like is that. better, whether or not uh, we're driving on the wrong side of the road or driving through Paris with a bunch of drivers who don't know how to drive. It's like a complete disaster over Dude. there. Paris for drivers. Okay, I just have to say this. It's one of my biggest irks of, of like that city is People in Paris drive like you think it's like, you know, people follow the rules. Uh, well, they don't. It's literally like driving in a developing country. And it's I can say so that ludicrous. because I have driven lots of times in developing countries where it's just by like, like it's, 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 it's literally like battle of who can be the most aggressive. Like, don't be polite. Don't say please. Don't say thank you. You just go. And as an example, if you drive in Paris around the Arc de Triomphe, which is like the very famous yes. like Lego brick, if you have an accident there, your insurance, your insurance and the other uh, person's insurance will not cover it. And they will just like split it 50-50 and say both insurance like parties will just say, it's not your fault. It's not the other driver's fault. That's how dangerous it is to drive in Paris if you are going to go there. It, I, I remember picking up a car there and it was a stick shift. And I was like, yeah, I'll drive stick through, um, through Europe, which I was excited about and go, driving on the Audubon. Uh, but I picked it up in Paris and it was, I, I, I was never more frightened in my life uh, driving a car. That said, uh, I almost uh, killed myself and the other part, the passenger, uh, a now ex. And I think the, uh, that driving experience was a contributor to the downfall of that relationship, actually. So shout out to Paris and uh, France uh, for your horrible driving skills. Uh, I have no desire to go back there. Uh, should we, who's doing the weather report today? I am. I'm doing the weather report. We can kick off uh, today. On Today is Wednesday, the 2nd of November. So two months until the end of the year. Where are we? Well, open sea volume is chopping down. We're now at 15.8 million. We were at 19 million um, on Gobbler's Day. So we're seeing that volume starting to come back down. Onto the leaders, uh, not much price movement across the board. Apes are still under 70 ETH um, and the action in other parts of the market is pretty muted. Uh, over the last 24 hours, you've got Art Gobblers leading the OpenSea ranks. Gobblers have now revealed. Uh, the Gobblers have begun emitting goo and galminating pages. We're still seeing sales coming in pretty frequently. 
and the floor increase post reveal, something that we don't see too much these days, but it's holding that 15 ETH floor. So if you need uh, a gobbler, it's just a quick $22,000 uh, and you can get, grab one anytime. Onto the fine art side of the market, they are where there we are continuing to see notable sales. You've got Tyler Hobbs for Denza. One of them was bought for 300th ETH and a ringer went for 55 ETH. So not seeing any slowdown on this part of the market. Onto the lower end, well, Proof of Ethereum was one of yesterday's top mints. It's a generative art project representing a different day of Ethereum's life. And it was using inputs like gas, hash rate, and the contracts to design the art. So pretty cool idea. Supply is at 2K, had over 1,600 sales, and the floor got above 0.1 ETH before settling around 0.07 ETH this morning. And lastly, Hugo Boss and Imaginary Ones. The Imaginary Ones are those, those people walking that have giant balloons on them. That had a mint. It was quite a high price, 0.25 ETH. But if you minted, you got a 3.5x return, so pretty darn good. No doubt Hugo Boss will be doing more with this collection, and the floor was just shy of 0.9 ETH this morning. On to crypto, BTC still holding above 20k ETH in the sort of 1500 range. So we're still holding, uh, well, we've lost some of those gains, but we're still ranging. Overall, the majority of the volume is being driven by art gobblers and the high end of the market. So punks and fidenzas. The mid to low end of the market is fairly muted. Um, if you are not in the right collections, you want to be in stuff like imaginary ones where you're seeing these isolated wins. So for now, depending whether you're trading, so, so for now, depending where you're trading, if you're on the high end of the market, it's definitely clear skies. But if you're in a lower end, it's looking fairly drizzly. Back to you guys in London and New York. Uh, thanks, Signal. Uh, we'll be waiting on uh, Pierre to get his uh, room. But so in I'm, the in, I'm in the room. We, oh. we don't have a converter for the plug because we forgot the, that in London. Oh, they got my God. Oh, dude, they have, damn. You learned that in third grade. Rookie. Uh, rookie. It's all good. Well, we, uh, we, <laughs> we, we can uh, dive into it if you want. You know, I want to um, call something out, too. I'm seeing some people in the crowd. You know who you are that don't show up if I host the show, but because Nick is hosting the show, you all show up. It's the same show, Bozo. It's he, the same show. He, hey, don't worry. We all know who's the better host. So we're going to dive into the Daily Digest uh, NFT market update written by Signal every single day, Monday through Friday, uh, but the Digest doesn't sleep. Uh, there's a few stories this morning. Blur.io, the biggest one, that was a story that Spencer brought up, actually. Uh, it reached an all-time high of 11,450 ETH or 18.1 in volume following the art gobbler's drop. Uh, gobble, gobble, uh, gobbling up the market. Listing on Blur this month will benefit traders from a second airdrop in November. Uh, if you followed Spencer, it sounds like uh, his strategy, uh, this is his, his big trade right now. Follow him into this. You're going to get yourself a big airdrop. Elon Musk confirmed creators will be able to monetize content on Twitter. He spoke out against what he referred to as current lords and peasant system of the platform, stating it was absolutely essential. Creators need to make a living. Uh, this is an interesting perspective, something I'm sure we'll dive into more uh, today and in perpetuity. Uh, but uh, they're interesting moves nonetheless. Looks like he's trying to pick up a few pennies. Uh, after acquiring the company for $45 billion. Uh, find Satoshi Lab, 
That's the name of it. Find Satoshi Lab. The company behind Stepin is creating a new multi-chain subscription-based NFT marketplace called More. Uh, the platform uses a membership model of $29, $29.99 a month for unlimited NFT trades, which replaces the traditional marketplace fee. Kind of like this, actually. Uh, there's uh, so Coinbase has something similar where they provide a, a monthly subscription fee for uh, crypto trading. Uh, unfortunately, I'm banned from uh, Coinbase, but that's neither here nor there. GameStop's NFT marketplace is officially live on Immutable X, adding popular Web3 titles, including Gods Unchained, Alluvium, and Guild of Guardians, meaning players will be able to trade assets, including cards, land, rare items, and more on the platform. Uh, I, I'm, I guess they're hoping that that actually brings back the volume that we saw before, uh, which I feel like has disappeared. I don't know if I've heard anything about GameStop since this announcement, uh, but good to hear that they're still working hard. Uh, that's it for the Daily Digest. Thanks for uh, writing that every single day. Signal. You can sign up at thenifty.com. Sign up at thenifty.com. Eventually, we're going to rebrand, but in the interim, sign up at thenifty.com. Also, we didn't mention it, but shout out to our sponsor, So Rare, uh, who's who funded us to go. Uh, well, they they bought us tickets to go to the World Series a couple days ago, and unfortunately, got rained out. I didn't realize that was the case that you could actually that drizzle could rain out a baseball game. Uh, but here we are. That also just goes to show how little uh, attention I pay to the MLB side. If you're looking to get into the fantasy side of things, fantasy sports, I should add, uh, in the NFT space, so rare is the place. Often one of the most traded uh, platforms. We saw their market uh, volume go up with the launch of their NBA marketplace. Uh, so if you're into trading fantasy, uh, playing fantasy NBA, you might as well get in on that action and uh, get some free when you sign up at the nifty.com slash so rare, you get some free NFTs. Uh, so that's uh, so rare. Shout out to them. Uh, let's dive into uh, today's top stories. Top story of the day. Uh, PO and Easy didn't figure out that they need a converter. So how are you guys uh, going to make it? Are you going to go pick up? Uh, is there Best Buy there in, uh, the, in London? I'm in the streets of London actively looking for an electricity converter. I can't <laughs> believe they have fake electricity out here. This makes no sense. And, and P.O. just rejected the co-host. Hold on, I made him a speaker now. Yeah, you would think, like, you know, I'm a businessman. Why wouldn't the hotels just, like, charge you, like, three times what those things cost and just, like, sell it to you at the, at the hotel lobby? You, it is a good question why they don't do that. I often find it odd that, like, hotels don't provide a lot of accessories when you show up. And, and it's, like, a shocking thing because they could make a fortune on some of the, uh, especially, I feel like, if they were selling uh, computer equipment or electronics accessories, that that area in particular, that said that if they priced it like the airport, I remember Pia walking into the uh, one of the shops in the airport when we went out to Vegas, and uh, the the USB plug, just the outlet, cost $45. And uh, he was like, "There's, I'll just have a dead phone. That, that was the conclusion yeah, I mean, from that. Yeah, like I could have used the company card to pay for that, but just on the principle of the thing, I was like, no, <laughs> like I'm not going to do this, no. For a shitty one, like it's, there's no doubt that it's like a low, like low power, uh, one amp, uh, w one amp level power thing. I know a lot of people think about the amount of amps that their uh, electronics are pumping. Easy, you got your hand raised, what's going on? Why is everything so small out here? It feels like everything's a shoebox. 
whether okay. it's the rooms, the streets, the people. Uh, it's all tiny. What do you uh, mean it's all tiny? What do you mean there's no tiny <laughs> people here? What do you mean? It is. It's it's tight. Every, it, everything's very tight-knit. It's packed in. I feel claustrophobic just existing. Okay. Well, I don't. You never lived in uh, Manhattan, I guess, either. So that uh, that's also an area uh, that you'll feel a lot of claustrophobia. Uh, anyways, did anyone here on this stage actually make a trade with the art gobblers at all? Spencer was talking about it yesterday, but he's not on stage today. Uh, so no, no one else made uh, that trade. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I'm not making that trade either. The biggest uh, bet we were saying there was the price was going to go down, yet surprisingly it hasn't. Another commentary that you said yesterday, P.O., as it applied to art gobblers, was essentially that uh, one of your favorite parts of this project is that the artist behind it has no desire to support it uh, after after launching it. So that's one of the most exciting parts of that project. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this evolves. Uh, but no one, other than the volume... I guess no one here actually has any trade on this front. Well, now that it's 15 ETH, I think it's it's interesting. So like Fudrick Douglas, right? The guy that made that huge, huge, huge sale or the huge buy, I should say, on the Pudgy Penguin. Uh, he's expressed a lot of interest in acquiring quite a few art gobblers. So when I see like someone like that, that's down to take like really big swings, I'd say it's interesting to me. Having said that, you know, I don't think that people would say that that sale or that buy, I should say on that penguin was like an elite move. And I brought up the history of Justin Roiland in the NFT space before art gobblers, um, you know, kind of having a, a bit of a cash grab in his last uh, nifty gateway drop. That was a big time value extraction event. Um, the fact that they've gone on record basically saying that they're not going to work on this for a long period of time. Uh, it, it like, it's just, it makes me not interested. I said yesterday when it was at 13, um, I said, you know, at the end of the day, like it could go up from here. It totally could. But I think long term it pulls back. And Easy was saying that he thinks that it lands in like the two to three ETH range. I understand there's a token. I understand that there's a deflationary mechanic. I understand that there's a staking mechanic. But keep in mind, everyone, we're within 48 hours of the drop right now. And it's the single most talked about uh, entity in the NFT space right now. So give it three weeks, give it five weeks, give it nine weeks, then check out where it's at, right? I feel like seven days is a sufficient amount of time uh, to last. It is interesting that these are animated. Historically, animated NFTs don't have uh, lasting value. It's so hilarious even making a comment like that, though, simply because, like, why is that the different? Like, it, th there's, like, so many uh, components that go into uh, something succeeding uh, or failing in this space this one falls into a different category. We knew who's behind it from the jump. And I think a lot of people, you, uh, uh, P.O., yesterday you were speaking about uh, how the artists behind this had some prior actual NFT drops, and those didn't actually perform that well. Uh, but this time, I think a lot of people, because this was like a PFP drop, perhaps, there were a lot of people that were interested I also think the fact that this has been around for a couple of months in terms of anticipation and uh, hype being developed around this project, it, it gave it a little bit of uh, an advantage in the sense that like a little bit of that old school uh, 
traditional marketing, if you want to call it that. We haven't really seen a lot of that uh, recently. Like I think back to all the allow list uh, hype, the 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 origin. I feel like the biggest one was Psychedelics Anonymous, right? That one, uh, which is still run by an anonymous uh, founder. Uh, that project, uh, although we have his, what was, we know his first name, I think. So that that's great. Um, but in terms of uh, that project, that kind of like triggered a lot of this sort of like allow list marketing, and we haven't seen that in a major way up until now. That said, Gabe uh, Gabe Layden is uh, setting up to do something similar right now with their own project. So maybe it's a we're big seeing balls move. It's a big ball sort of move. So like, uh, I'm really interested to see how that one pans out. He was saying, "What communities can we partner with for the allow list?" And I'm like, uh, "Hello, uh, <laughs> hey there, uh, hello, like we're hello. right in front of your face, dude. Uh, co- come on." Um, but in terms of uh, the the return of this kicks. You were even mentioning this, and I see a couple of hands raised. I want to throw it to everybody. Um, in terms of the transition back into this allow list side of things, and and you've also been uh, very vocal about it. What, what what are your thoughts on the the current uh, phase that we're in? I think it's uh, you know once again I understand why people are doing it. I think that Utes uh, Utes um, and uh, also psychedelic anonymous. Although you should never trust an Australian, especially not with your girl, um, is is a marketing tool. That's why people like it, right? Um, is that you get way more marketing out of an allow list than you do uh, just out of a straight up mint. So, like, um, you know, you did a fantastic job. Like, they created almost mania. They almost created mania in the NFT space of people trying to get on, and it created so much conversation around it and so much attention around it. So from a marketing uh, standpoint, I think it's phenomenal. You mentioned Big Ball, Gabe Ladone. Uh, he uh, said basically like and retweet this post uh, if you want to get on the allow list. That post has like 12.8K likes and like 4,000 retweets, right? Like that, it, that is uh, bigger than any other tweet that he's done by a long stretch. So from a marketing standpoint, it's genius. It makes a lot of sense. I think I would, you know, I, I would like a model where it's like maybe you do 30% allow list and then like 60% reverse ducks auction or 60% public men or something like that. I'm not hating on the concept of allow list in general. I get it. People can, uh, projects can kind of curate people that they want to be able to mint instead of it just being botted or random. But uh, I think a lot of people, the justification for the allow list, because, uh, you know, the project likes marketing, but like the consumers, why do the consumers maybe think allow list is better? They think allow list is better because, oh, then like the evil botters can't bot the project. Uh, but then once again, there's people manipulating allow lists. Like there's people with like 10 mints to keep her today. And one person with 10 mints to keep her today. So if you think that this new system prevents people from gaming the system, it's just not going to work out. And I've never been a sneakerhead, uh, but I'm pretty sure people in the sneakerhead community would tell you that it's a permanent cat and mouse game. Like no matter what model you use, if people are trying to game your system to get more than whatever you want to give them, they're going to figure out a way. But for me, it's just boring at the end of the day. It's it's boring. Like I don't want to be like uh, writing applications and essays so that I can get something that immediately forexes so that I can just like dump on other people. Like I enjoy the, you know, the, the, the race, you know what I mean? I enjoy the thrill of uh of nfts but at the end of the day 
it, it's a boring bear market. So there's not much else going on. So that's probably why there's a lot of attention towards these things. I'm just on a little bit of a rant today. I understand why projects are doing it. I understand why it's the popular model right now. But, uh, you know, I, I, your boy wants to run like a gazelle. Well, we all want a, a spot as well. And I think that's the biggest uh, thing where it's like, look, why are all these Egyptians uh, managing the allow list and, and uh, you know, cutting in front of us, as you were saying earlier, uh, without any evidence whatsoever of that being uh, a situation. But uh, regardless, yeah, we all want to be on the allow list. It's like hilarious. It's like, man, fuck this allow list thing. And, and Gabe's like, yo, I'm launching allow list. And everyone's like, ah, I want to I be on the allow list. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at. Uh, Signal, you got your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, just a point that I wanted to uh, to speak to on, on Kix is saying, I'm I'm on the same page as you, Kix, but at the same time, I do think allow list allows for newer people coming into the space to start their journey. Like a lot of the speakers on the stage have been in the space for a long time and are much further into their journey. So participating on the secondary market is something that they can easily do. But if you're new to the space and you're trying to build a stack, allow list grind, uh, sorry, allow list meta allows you to essentially do the grind, get on the list, but like start with a stack and then keep building that stack. And then once you have enough, you can then move to the secondary market as you become more sophisticated and knowledgeable. Because otherwise, if you go into secondary, you don't know anything, you're probably quite likely to get wrecked. Um, so I think allow this method does help new people. Um, but looking at where Gobblers is on the price action, I think we also need to take into account the fact that they have this network of artists. And I've seen some really top names who have who have these gobblers i saw one artist that i really like say i have this gobbler i have no idea what to do with it <laughs> and i'm like sell it man for the, for the love of god sell it but anyway so you have this top artist doesn't know what to do and as you get more of these artists participating and potentially producing something and contributing to the gobbler ecosystem you're going to start to have a network effect and if more and more of them do it then the collections um, remains interesting and it remains in the conversation so while i do think we'll see a pullback on the price depending how the project sort of uh, becomes self-sufficient and who actually wants to contribute their art to the ecosystem i still think we could see some interesting price action if um someone is considering swing trading the um, uh, oh, particular gobblers well i think the gobblers oh, definitely will go down in price because it's like a wolf game model i think more gobblers get created over time but that value passes through the holder so you could have you could buy a gobbler and, you know, the price of it goes down, but the value that you're getting out of it, you know, more than makes up for it. You make money. I, I did some research on the art gobblers uh, game theory and their tokenomics and stuff like that yesterday. It's pretty cool. It's like a, it's like a wolf game with like, uh, you know, this like art, uh, you know, feature added onto it. So um, I'm, I'm definitely not hating on it. I think it's a cool system and signal. I think that's a completely great point is that it does allow some people that are new to this space or aren't, you know, like super competitive to be able to get in. Like a lot of these people that won the art gobblers list. So like, oh my God, I had $10 to my name. And now like, you know, I have 20 grand. That's such an awesome story in NFTs. And, and those kinds of people also like, they're not going to be able to like fast gas, like, you know, it make these 30 second decisions. So uh, I completely, I completely get that. So that's a, that's a very good point. Um, but I also think it would be cool. Maybe if we, we could monetize this with like a reality show called like allow list grind and, uh, kind of like that Japanese show where people have to go through like a, a relay race. You know what I mean? We could kind of mix it in with squid games, but people don't die or get seriously injured. But you know, like, 
uh, like really monetize it with a, you know, a global reality TV show of people trying to grind for NFT allow lists. I don't remember where it was. There was something comparable. It was like Argentina or Venezuela where they like made a reality TV show, which was literally people competing to get a job. And it, and it was what I think they ended up shutting down the show because of like how fucked up it was. But essentially it was like a reality TV show about people getting a job. As, as funny as uh, that is, it's also just completely messed up um, that that like the, that you have reality TV showing the uh, sheer desperation of a society that uh, needs needs money. And uh, it's such a privileged place when we're we're talking about, you know, NFTs that are basically twenty three thousand dollars that are that, like retaining demand. I think also, uh, despite all the FUD that we've uh, mentioned about um, and, and the conversation that was going around uh, about the allow list and everything else, the reality is, is like for a project that rolled out, they they created something that's complete. And I, there's very few projects that do that with all the tokenomics built in. Typically, it's like a progressive rollout of things. And in this case, it, it seems like everything was uh, developed or at least that's the uh, image that they're portraying with the uh, burning dynamics, with the art dynamics. There's a lot of interesting components. I don't know if you uh, took the time kicks to go check out like uh, the canvas tool that they had or whatever it was to, wh where you could draw. But I'm wondering like it, wh what I don't think is like anyone can go and just draw on that canvas, right? Like if X copy went and drew on there, there'd be no way of like signing that as X copy, right? Like, or, or do, do you know anything about that aspect of things? Yeah, I didn't get into the the, the details uh, on like how that all works out, like how there's like, uh, you know, proof of, you know, whoever did it. I mean, maybe like, maybe you have to like sign like a uh, transaction when you like submit the art piece so that they know what wallet did. I mean, that would be a pretty easy way to kind of uh, make provenance. Some of the art that that's on here looks pretty damn sick. Uh, that that is on the site. So I mean, I, I it is you know it, it's there's a major distinction between I think of like artists that just drop uh, a, a piece of uh, work or a piece of art, and then uh, separately something which is as like dynamic as this that involves a bunch of development, also supports other people within the ecosystem, and that being other artists. I, it, it's hard to actually like it's it, hard it, to put it it's yeah. pretty cool it's pretty well done they spent time on executing it i think you know pio's a big a16z guy but i think pio may be saying paradigm uh you know what i mean going into the future paradigm's the hot shit on campus right now <laughs> yeah paradigm has been absolutely crushing it and I, i'm trying to think who like i feel like there were a number of other projects we even had a sponsor the other day pio do you, do you remember which one was funded by uh paradigm uh, funded by Paradigm. It was like a game. It was one of the games. At, Gala um, Games. Uh, Gala well, Games. Uh, well, okay, Gala Games is pretty big. I, I think it was. Uh, there was another project. Anyways, uh, th this is embarrassing. The fact that I can't uh, remember which project it was, uh, th and it's a privileged position. Um, but regardless, uh, yeah, Paradigm has been uh, taking some big, uh, big swings um, and uh, investing heavily in this space. And it does seem to be like one of the highest reputation. In fact, I feel like the Paradigm NFTs, if we were to compare it to like recent A16Z drops, have actually been outperforming. 
Maybe I'm completely wrong. This is not based on any data whatsoever, so it's kind of well, hard. I mean, if you think about it, uh, uh, Gabriel Ladone, uh, Digi Dagakas, that's Paradigm, and Argyle versus Paradigm. So just those two examples pretty much wins the argument. I just had a quick question for you, Nick, because I know you fielded a lot of uh, Nazi controversy by being a Board 8 member. I'm wondering what your uh, thoughts are on the associations with our gobblers and uh, pedophilia. Have we hit a, a, a new low in terms of the conspiracy theories running around in NFTs? Who the heck invited these people into our community uh, that just uh, create these? Uh, they would put Charlie um, from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia to shame with some of these conspiracy theories. Is it a conspiracy theory? It seems like he drew some sketches or something that were... Uh I don't even know. I haven't like seen them. Uh, no one wants it's to post easy. them. Yeah, easy as like the full backstory. Easy. But I think I got, talk, I got we, the charger secured. I'll be there in a minute. We got we, the charger. Okay, we want to hear about uh, pedophiles, a key key subject matter on this show. If well, you've tuned in on a daily basis. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Nick. I mean, here's the thing. Like, a lot of people were hating on Andrew Wang because he uh, pretended to be a 13 year old. And I just don't get why it's popular to uh, take that attack angle now. Uh, I attacked a 13-year-old that made weird whales. Uh, and I think we all know that his dad really made that project. It wasn't that kid. And I got a lot of hate back in the day. But now it's cool to uh, you know take the 13-year-old angle. I'm a little confused here. That's that's quite, quite the throwback. Uh, but wait, hold on. He pretended to be a 13-year-old? A lot of people were writing positive things. I don't even want to actually entertain this only because... Uh, it's just more FUD, and there's been a lot of shit talking. Uh, I agree. Let's kick it over to Ben Jammin. Well, hold, hold on one sec. Uh, Easy's got his hand raised with the. We we want to just make sure that we have the um, uh, the full summary, I guess, on the pedophile. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little yeah, hesitant. So here. I guess the big thing here is that obviously the Andrew Wang situation, cosplaying as a 13 year old, has certainly caused some FUD. There's also a co-founder of Rick and Morty who had some questionable content and uh, cartoon stuff earlier that was released over the last like 48 hours that is a little bit questionable and is uh, kind of disturbing if you've seen the video. It's something that I guess he made for some form of content or art, I guess you could call it. I'm not a fan of it. I also have openly stated like I didn't really support the cosplaying as a 13-year-old. I think that that was kind of sus when you looked at some of the comments made about it and there was a late night space in which a comment was made that justin roiland for that 13 year old character had liked to masturbate a lot was something shared on a recorded space and that was circulating as well so it's a lot of very questionable things i mean i honestly i think some of the fun i mean kind of easy work. easy i was 13 years old the guy spot on yeah okay I, mean, I, I understand where you're coming from kicks i'm not going to tell you you're wrong with that but to Put it out there. I understand why some people who are parents have expressed some distaste and concern with it all. I totally agree with it. I think that there's a not a good sign from like this in the space in my in, in the general opinion. I think there is some things that are we shouldn't really play into, and regardless of like acting or playing a character. All in all, like I mean, still art goblins are getting bought up. The art is questionable at best. I know I posted a picture and said, "Would you rather have a teacher's salary or this JPEG?" And the picture actually got flagged as sensitive content. The art gobbler? I, I don't know. I actually like uh, some. Well, I, I think he's a good cartoonist and, and I actually don't hate the art. Uh, I did just see the video. It is definitely a, a questionable thing. I didn't listen to the audio, so I have no idea. It's a, it's a wildly, wildly inappropriate and p 
potentially offensive uh, joke that I think they were trying to make there, but I didn't listen to the audio at all, and I don't want to defend it because uh, it, it's pretty fucked up in terms of, um, like, I don't know. The question is, is like, are there any lines that uh, you can't cross uh, in comedy? And this one's uh, pretty, if there is a line, <laughs> this is probably it, uh, because it's basically a video of him commi committing a uh, pedophilic uh, act. So I, I don't know what else. Um, I, I didn't listen to it though, but I I'm assuming that's the the source of it. Whatever it is, it it doesn't look good. Uh, I don't know the history of any of this, um, but yeah, it's n it's never good having that circulating. It 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 almost. Uh, feels equivalent to making like a blackface joke or something like that, uh, which is definitely uh, a justifiable source of uh, can being canceled. Anyways, um, D uh, Deep, you got your hand raised as well. What, uh, what did you want to comment on? Yeah, I just had a question about the art gobblers. I mean, of course, you know, we saw the market share of Blur rise up exponentially because of this one project right in the past few days. So I wanted to know, is there any way, you know, the, the interested stakeholders in Blur played a huge role in the in the price action? I mean, could there be some form of manipulation in, in you know, with just the interest of increasing the, the market share of Blur and possibly ramping up the volume, you know, makes people believe that, you know, you know, like being on the Blur, being on Blur marketplace is the move. So I was just interested in knowing if there is any form of manipulation, like at least the possibility of it, you know. I feel like Kix would be a good person uh, to ask about this. Kix is usually yeah. on the on the scent. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it, it it's uh, manipulation. It actually reminds me a lot of uh, Moonbirds. Um, and if you all were there for Moonbirds, like they were minted for two point five, they came out of the gate at like five or six, I think, and then got to 12 by the next day and was like chasing 20 pretty soon after that. Um, and the, you know, there were some people in the community buying, but it seemed like there was a lot of outside money coming in. I feel like it's sort of similar, uh, with paradigm where there's potentially a lot of outside money coming in. And that explains, uh, the, the volume. Uh, but the, the interesting thing about blur is that blur doesn't charge a fee. I'm pretty sure. And then, uh, royalties are optional. So, um, uh, versus if you're trading these art gobblers on uh, OpenSea, I think it's what? It's a 5% fee. Um, let me just uh, double check here. It's a 6.9% fee plus uh, OpenSea's fee. So it's about eight, it's about 9.5% uh, on OpenSea, but it's free on, uh, it's free over on Blur. So uh, you're able to make trades that are uh, a lot smaller. Um, margins you could buy for 10 ETH and sell it for 10.25 and still make money you would lose like you know seven percent of your money if you did that on OpenSea also as Spencer said yesterday if there's people that are thinking that like sales activity gives you a better blur airdrop then since it's zero percent fees like you're fine like wash trading and making like no money you're fine buying it for 10.3 and selling it for 10.3 right back to someone else so I don't think it's manipulated volume I don't think it's like uh I don't think it's like a, a bad, uh, like a nefarious thing. I think it's more just like people maybe are wash, uh, wash trading to farm for uh, the blur airdrop. And then also there's just a lot more volume there since there's 0% total fees. Um, people can, uh, people can like middleman 
uh, much, much smaller swing. So I think that has a lot to do uh, with the increased uh, in volume over there. It's also pretty funny how much shit everybody on Ethereum was talking about uh, Solana going to 0% royalties. And like everyone on Ethereum was like, we're never going to do that. And then like three weeks later, uh, blur with 0% royalties is at like an all-time high revenue. It's pretty funny. Over 50% of the market share going to blur. And I think we've been pointing out just from listening to Easy's show and paying attention to the Solana market that, you know, the Solana market's kind of leading the Ethereum market, which makes a lot of sense, right? You see what comes out on Ethereum. Feels like a lot of cash grabs. Um, not saying that this particular one is a cash grab, uh, but seeing a lot of releases from 2021 NFT influencers, uh, you know, now now referred to as dinosaurs in many instances, and those uh, cash grabs not really, you know, panning out in the same way. Yet on Solana, you know, if you ask Easy, I think he'd say that there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out. Um, I know he wanted to talk about Keeper as well, which is one of the hyped up uh, Ethereum mints. And all Easy told me about Keeper and why it was good is because it has a really good website. So I'm really interested to hear about why this is a really brilliant well, investment. That's fundamental analysis in the NFT space, though, as you know. Like uh, Kick spends now, rather than 30 seconds, he spends about three minutes. Uh, I'd say maybe two minutes reviewing a a project's website before minting. I'm, I'm a big website guy. You know, Nick. You know, man. Dude, I'm a, kicks. I'm a go to the website. Keeper website. You're going to be like, oh my God, I wish I'd filled out this application. That one is one I looked at the website and was like, I'm blown away. This thing is beautiful. They did a great job. I don't even care if they have a roadmap. I don't care if it's Doc's founders. The website's immaculate. Uh, I did fill out the application and followed the proper steps. Luckily, I got on the Keeper list. So I will be minting my two and promptly flooring them the second that they hit my wallet just for transparency. But the same thing goes like I was looking at, I think it was Graycraft, the Mecca things. They also have a great website, uh, same application process. I filled that one out yesterday. So right now I'm a, I'm a very pro. If it's got a good website, I'm blindly doing whatever I can to fill out the application meta and hopefully chase some free dollars. Uh, what's a, um, uh, or what's a keeper's like Twitter account? It's at KPR, uh, Keeper Verse. Uh, yeah, at KPR Verse. KPR Verse. Okay. So if you want, it, or is it still possible to get on the allow list or now? Nick, it mints in like 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. So the answer to that is uh, hell no. Yo, shout out to all those on the allow list. May you also uh, gain 15 ETH like the uh, art gobblers. Um, our, our Discord is obsessed with the uh, pedophile side of it, but we're going to move on from that front. Node, uh, have you and DC Investor uh, sort of really solidified your relationship by uh, meeting up together and staying in the same hotel? Have not. Uh, I need to get out to the East Coast, I believe, to do so. But he did. He did retweet me today, uh, which always feels good. Whoa. I mentioned that uh, if you want to avoid all the drama in the NFT space, just just buy art and stick to the pure art side. And apparently people resonated with that one because it, it's like my most viral tweet. Uh, so excited for that. But other than that, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm mostly just trying not to be, you know, a, a sour loser on, uh, on, on, on the old art gobblers. I, I kind of feel like people are now making, making us feel guilty for not getting on the allow list, right? Like, hey, you guys didn't get on there. It's it's so your fault for being such a failure and not getting enough, you know, not paying attention. It's all on you. 
And that's fair. So I will just say this to help all those cope. Uh, any project that has hit a double-digit ETH floor within 24 hours, how many of those have maintained a double-digit ETH floor? I'm pretty sure the answer to that is zero. So uh, just kind of be be patient, everyone, if you want to jump in on this one. So, uh, well, I, I like that take. One other uh, piece of information that was just raised to me was the part about Andrew who set up a... Uh, I, this, this doesn't look that bad. Uh, look, here's the deal. All is fair, they say in love and war, and so is so is the allow list game. So if you any game that you do, anything that you do, I'm all for as long as it doesn't break the law. Okay, so I'm completely you, with you, Nick. In the words of George Washington, "Haters gonna hate, and I'm gonna watch the money pile up." Uh, he, he, I think he said that after we won the Revolutionary War. One of my favorite quotes: "Let the haters hate. Just get on that allow list and watch that money pile up." George Washington. 1782. He said, he, uh, another quote was, uh, I didn't chop down that tree. Uh, get me on that allow list. Uh, ben Jammin, you got your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to ask Note if he saw uh, Beeple's most recent post about his art and if he was going to go and buy it. <laughs> I, 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 the last one that I saw, I, I literally, you know, I, I woke up at like, an hour later, big dude in nightmares. So I don't know if this was uh, the dick butt or if there's yet another piece, Ben. Is there another it was, piece? It was the dick butt note. I, oh. I was curious how, how you thought about the the, the IRL style dick butt that he posted. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't think, uh, you know, like I said, had nightmares uh, that whole night. I woke up an hour late, joined the show an hour late, and uh, still has, you know, bad images in my mind. One thing I actually, I honestly didn't know this, but that, the, the dick butt meme, uh, I, I literally thought that crypto dick butts were the meme, but uh, dick butts were around long before crypto dick butts. So uh, that that was something that I that I did not know before and that I do now. You I learn actually, something new every day. Go ahead. Dick. I, I was going to say I I hung up uh, Beeple's crypto dick butt at the entrance to my apartment, so when people come in, they can see great art. So that's what uh, I decided to do. Uh, Jesse, you got your hand raised. Yeah, I mean, it is it is comforting. It's reassuring that, you know, in this NFT space where everything's volatile and we're all, you know, mental health is a big issue. It's hard to keep up. You can count on people to make uninspired bad art every day. He shows up every day and makes crappy art. So that's at least something we can count on. But uh, no, art gobblers, art gobblers, I mean, the president, there's only one president for art gobblers, which is Moonbirds, right? I mean, at least Digi Daigaku was free. But you could have was a, you could have gotten in at point four one two like it crept a little bit. This one went straight to ten, and so I think that's part of the resentment. I mean, I think it's an interesting project. I think there'll be cool dynamics. The whole tokenomics, blah blah blah. They got some nineteen-year-old genius on the contract. I mean, the one issue I take with the I, I don't really I missed out on gobblers. I'm not I'm not going to even I like Spencer's play was the best. This the the uh, the swing trades on the the differences between you know listings and and everything. But I, I, the one thing that I think it makes people salty is that it's the same, like 14 dudes getting on the allowed list for every big project, which I don't normally wouldn't care about, except ev all of you web three people keep saying web three is different, right? It's all it's forget credentialism. You just is in venture capital. You don't need a warm intro. You don't need to know the right people. And you traded one insider game for another insider game. And it's the same 13 dudes every single time. So, well, Jesse, you know, if you notice, none, none of us on stage got uh, got uh, on the allow list because through our controversial takes, we've actually been ostracized 
um, from the elite of uh, the community. Uh, they all uh, secretly hate us. Um, you know, it may have been, you know, some of our conspiracy takes. I mean, who knows? Uh, but, you know, at least we're keeping it real out here. Uh, we couldn't get on that allow list if we tried. When, when keeping it real goes wrong uh, is one of my uh, favorite Dave Dave Chappelle such, uh, sketches. But but uh, we, despite that, we organizationally now uh, like keeping it real. Uh, don't don't say anything that's going to offend Po Easy or myself because once one person gets involved, we're like a gang trolling through uh, the NFT mean streets of Twitter, and Who we'll get into. We'll get into a fight with literally anybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, I deleted all my tweets from yesterday. Um, yeah, you're but, a baby uh, back bitch. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Easy. All, uh, kept his tweets swinging. up. It, it was a little aggressive. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, we don't need to rehash it. Um, but uh, shout out to D's. It's all love from, from, from us. Uh, do, can we circle it back to NFT talk? Jesse, I want to call something out there. I know it's the same like 13 to 15 people. A lot of people stop like crediting the fact there was a variety of small artists that did get that gobblers mint. And I think it was Lupify who posted a ton of DMs that showed that there was a bunch of small people that this was life changing money for. And the thing is, like the way Twitter works is these people with big followings are, of course, the ones that you're going to see on the timeline. Like that's just a sad way that the app works. So you're not going to see these pages with 50 people that don't get like a viral retweet. Like there was one person with, I think, 12K who literally said I had $10 and then they had 17K and the tweet went viral. So we all saw it. The people who got like five favorites and six likes aren't going viral. You're not seeing those interactions. But if you comb through it, there was countless people that were much smaller in the space that were put on the art gobblers process. And the other thing I want to call out is like, from what I understand, if you just went on their website during the six, seven months it was out, and just made some art, you basically got allow listed for it. So like there was ways that like normal people could get on that. And I just think that it's like, sadly, the way social media drives it is what we saw from a lot of it. And the people that were actively in the space, like June, July, August, got the allow list minted and made a bag. And it just like, it wasn't talked about as heavily as I think it could have been just because of like the way social media drives interactions. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I don't know if it onboarded new users, Oh, but no definitely shot. brought in, but definitely onboarded new artists, and it appears to have at least reignited like money that was sitting on the sidelines. Like I'm, I'm not like anti the project, but I think I do think the the whole people not disclosing the uh, the, the hashtag, you know, disclosing their promotions, which nobody does in this space, like nobody. And like this has been this is a solved legal problem, right? We, it's like literally built into Instagram. You just do hashtag at you guys do it. You guys do it perfectly, right? Everybody knows. Yeah, we still get attacked. Yeah, but well, you guys at least do it the right way. Like you say who you're, not only do you say it, like people aren't turned off by ads, by the way. Like they'll still buy plenty of ads. Everybody on this show knows who who's promoted and who's not. And we know that you vet who you do. And that's all, it's the best you can do. But like, you know, I don't think, uh, I think, it, the, the, I don't even think it's the uh, the influencers that are afraid of doing hashtag ad or hashtag promoted. I think it's the, I think it's the, the projects. They're the one that well, wants to be like, we don't want to look like we're paying for it because we want it to be organic. That's what so, I see, think is unseemly. I mean, well, that's, that's pure speculation. I want to just add in terms of uh, how the advertising works. What I have seen though is, um, the, what the distinction is the projects don't mention anything about, Hey, you got to do hashtag ad. When I first got into this space, I took on one paid like tweet. Uh, and I, this was super early on and someone contacted me and was like, we'll pay you $500 for a single tweet. And I was like, $500 for a single tweet. 
yeah, I'll do it. This was like in March of last year, I would say. And uh, the project was a, uh, uh, the, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it, it was for uh, Dole Bananas, basically. They had, uh, the, uh, some artist had put, the one that it had put the banana or ripped the banana off the wall at MoMA that was like $20,000 and he just ate it. I'm blanking, and he called it performance uh, art. What's his name? Uh, the he's Italian. Um, uh, his last name uh, Cezanne. No, not Cezanne. I uh, forget his name. Anyways, he had done an NFT. They had promoted it on Rarible. They reached out to a bunch of crypto Twitter influencers, and somehow I ended up on this list. Despite I had just entered like the um, NFT space, I think a, lo a lot of people had not like blown up, so the hurdle was was much lower. Anyways, I ended up signing up for it, but I was like, yo, I'm going to put hashtag ad on, on these tweets. After I did the campaign, or, or they started sending me messages. They were like, no, it wasn't one tweet. It was five tweets. And I was like, what? And then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm never doing this again because it was like a bad experience. But separately, like I, I saw everyone else tweeting about it and none of them had used hashtag ad uh, associated with it. It there is a major difference between like using that and not using it for us. It's an interesting thing because we don't need to say hashtag ad, but we do say, Hey, today's show is sponsored by whatever the amount of hate that we get, like that people are like, yo, they're charging or they're charging too much or like whatever it is. And I don't want to like dive into this cause it's not even worth uh, mentioning, but it's like, yeah, that like, how else are you supposed to support the show? I like, I have no idea that that's the whole structure. Like that's what we're attempting to do. So I, I'm not quite sure um, what, what the 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 issue with that is. I have seen though, to your point, Jesse. There's like there's a gray. There, uh, there's shades of gray when it comes to this space and sponsorship and revenue and disclosure. And I think that there's a lot of people that do like manipulated spaces with bots, that sort of thing. I think there's other people also that are just not disclosing. I think there's uh, backroom deals that end up happening where people are more than willing to like use uh, separate wallets, do all sorts of things to like generate volume. That's always been the case in crypto, though. So like, I I'm not like, I, I don't know. I I think that stuff will eventually shake out. Anyways, uh, Ben Jamin, you got well, your hand raised. Well, real quick, the uh, the artist of the bananas, Maurizio Catalan. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, what I was going to say is that really, if you sum it up is 2021 was like the year of the undisclosed sponsorship and it's starting to, uh, bring, you know, rear its ugly head again. People are in the space are really, really, really interested in weird undisclosed sponsorships. They're not interested in doing it the proper way. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there, but yeah, sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, I was just playing. Uh, but, uh, no, a, a couple things I, I want to mention. And, and the first is about like, the hashtag ad shit. Um, I've always been pretty, pretty upfront about saying like, Hey, I've received this and this is why I'm posting or, or whatever. But we also saw recently that Kim Kardashian, even though she had hashtag ad in her post was actually uh, fined for doing so. And I'm sure there, there's a lot of um, gray area between like how exactly you're supposed to do it and how explicitly you're supposed to say it. But, um, you know, I, I did want to also mention about the, the art gobblers whitelist and, and potentially why we see those same accounts is because as, as someone who just recently went from 80 plus thousand followers down to 3000 followers, it's a lot more difficult to get visibility when you're a lower account. So like, even if they're tweeting about it and saying, hey, I got this, it doesn't mean that anyone's even going to see it. 
But if if you look, you know, through the minting or the ether scan and you see a name that you recognize, other people are going to post about it and you start to get this little network effect. And if you have someone who has a lot of followers posting about it, then everyone's just going to see it, you know, regardless. So there's definitely a lot to be discussed about that. And I think that it's important for projects to be able to get um, you know, thought leaders and, and tastemakers involved in their project because that also gives it an air of credibility. But there, you know, w- we are really working with like the the Web three Wild West here, and we're trying to figure out everything as we go along. So yeah, like it, it's it's not it's not all rainbows and sunshine, but at the same time, like it's not all you know deceit and mischievous. Well, yeah, and also let's be clear: this space is so damn tiny. Uh, what what's happened in the bear market is basically it hasn't been expanding. So we shifted from like last year's bull market mania where everyone's like, ETH is going to 10K. You're an idiot if you aren't buying ETH. Like people are basically saying that narrative at like ETH 4,500 saying like, you're an idiot if you don't think that this, is, uh, uh, that this isn't going straight to 10K. I remember basically everybody, a lot of the the quote thought leaders or influencers or people that had been around the cycle before were talking about ETH going to 10K like that was just a destined thing during this particular cycle. And they were all just universally wrong. So I just want to start with that. The other thing is it's absolutely ludicrous with the size of the space. Look, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Integrity is something which I feel like you don't need to like ask anybody to understand. Uh, if, if you don't understand what operating with integrity is, it's just something that comes through. And that's something that's transparent. People end up seeing it and it becomes inevitable and people remember that sort of thing. And you can end up choosing whether or not like where you want to be on uh, as it applies to integrity. But I think over the long haul, um, that it's something like your character is is what defines you. So people will remember that. That said, I've seen a lot of people succeed in business, including some very famous anti-Semites uh, who <laughs> who appear to be uh, you know successful uh, successful in business. I, I, the the Kanye reference may be uh, stupid, but the uh, the bottom line is, uh, you know, everyone gets to choose where they they operate in that spectrum. But uh, it's still transparent in terms of like it's not really hidden in terms of the behavior that you've done, and and it's hard to like fool people on it on an extended basis. So uh, one last, this is totally unrelated, but someone was like, "Oh, um, uh, so and so is not uh, anonymous." I, I, I just want to. This is uh, while while we're talking about uh, talking shit about other people, I figured I'd take this opportunity to talk some shit, and uh, the the comment was was essentially. So-and-so is not anonymous. Look, here's the deal, or they're doxxed. You're not doxxed unless you have your real legal name and there's any article about you on Google or anything about you on LinkedIn or anything about you anywhere else. If you're, if you're an internet marketing expert or you've been operating on the internet for over a decade and I can't find a website about you, like you're not doxxed. I, I just want to make sure that that's very clear if you don't have like a social media profile about you and your or, picture and, too, your picture, your, your picture. If you have, if you have a social media profile, but there is no picture and there is no history about your background to a degree where there's no way for that person to identify who you are or call someone else as a point of reference, you're not actually doxxed. So I, d- I just want to be clear about that. Everyone says, 
oh, they're doxxed because their name's out. You're not doxxed, okay? So uh, shout out to all those people that are like, oh, the, but but his name is out there. You, yeah, okay, so if my name's John Doe and you can't find anything about me, uh, am I doxxed? No, the answer for that is no. Anyways, uh, Jesse, you got your hand raised. What, what if you speak in a really low, gravelly voice and you went to Y Combinator? Is that enough to to track you to uh, to a major project or no? No, he's not doxxed, but I will say no, to I... Frank uh, Frank's credit, the one thing that he does, does do is he builds outside of being not doxxed. He does kind of build transparently with the actions that he's doing. So it's this sort of a confounding situation where you, you're both like, yeah, he is anonymous, but he has been somewhat honest. Uh, the, the, the only big lie here, I would say, is the ex expectation that a PFP was going to drop, and now it's not. So there is no PFP. So uh, we, we want to be clear about that. And uh, the it'll art, come. It'll come. Yeah, no, inevitably it will. But I'm saying that's the only, the only uh, slight against them. But he's been, uh, other than that, pretty damn transparent. Yeah, it, uh, is, it is so weird that I feel, I do feel, even though I made the joke about Frank, that I feel comfortable that he is like, uh, you know, first of all, I think if you if you really wanted to, you could hire a private investigator or do like literally like 12 minutes of like Google. You could probably, if you're good at Google, you'll probably find out who he is. But yeah, even if I couldn't, like I feel good about him interconnected in the space and transparency. Same with like 652. There's some people that you do feel even though they're not anonymous, they're accountable some way. So I'm not going to say there's not any gray, gray area, but just spinning back to the, um, the the hashtag at, like, I'm not looking to be the police here, but we're not e like the, the, the hashtag police, but we're not even close. I don't think I've seen it. What you just said, you did it once, Nick. I don't think I've seen it once a single time. And I wouldn't even, I would be even fine if someone was like, you know, on the level of, you know, we don't have to drop names, but you know, with the, the Andrew Wangs for Oak being like that level of person has to be a little more careful. They have a lot of followers. And even if you were to write hashtag, um, gobbler team, like, okay, the FTC is not going to be okay with that, but I would, it shows well, that you're like, okay, I'm like part of the team and I'm just saying it. And, and it, it's, we're just so far from where I think it, it especially if the, when there's so many ruggers from where we need to be. Well, we don't need to litigate their uh, their advertising. The last comment on this is that I saw uh, uh, last year that I, I didn't finish making the point, which was nobody else that I saw promoting it did hashtag ad. I was the only one. And I was like, am I a loser? Or like, uh, is this the standard in this space? Anyways, uh, I let a, uh, oh wait, now he's gone. I had let a doodle on stage, but then he was gone. I was going to find out his thoughts on the fact that the floor uh, has gone as low as six ETH recently. And I'm wondering, maybe uh, including the people that are on stage, is there any desire to buy back in? And if so, what's the price that you're willing to do it at? Uh, like not particularly on doodles, but just in general, obviously we're witnessing a complete rotation of liquidity outside, uh, out of PFPs and into other areas of the market. Obviously art is the most obvious one here. But um, I do think at some point, you know, if you think back to this time last year, the liquidity was in PFPs. You had squiggles around six ETH and it's just the same money being rotated. So I think we're going to see a lot more bleeding on the PFP side. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Moonbirds, Doodles, all these collections start to see floors edging towards five ETH um, if the market doesn't turn around before the end of the year. Um, and then at some point, I do think we're going to like we are going to see a rotation back to PFPs. How long that window is, I have no idea. But um, I, it, it, it will never be up only on art and it will never be up only on PFPs. Every 
um, vertical goes through a cycle. PFPs are going through that cycle. Art is going through that cycle and they're going to hit the bottom and then it's going to go back up. But what I'm more interested in to try and figure out is what will be the catalyst event to see a rotation back into PFPs. That's the bit that I'm trying to figure out. Will they be new PFPs or the old PFP signal? I think it's going to be new, like definitely new PFPs. Um, I think the, like what we saw with Reddit and the, obviously the legitimacy and the fact that you had this sort of established social network going into PFPs got the market super excited. So I, so I see new PFPs being sort of the ignite and the flame, but out of that money that gets made there, I think some of that will rotate back into established PFPs. Not all of them, not all of them, very few of them, but I do see some of it coming back. I want to throw a note in one sec. I also see uh, Giancarlo in the audience who has a great YouTube uh, video up that uh, Pio had mentioned about the uh, Reddit NFTs. So check that one out. He dives into some details and also uh, discusses some of the lo- longer term thesis uh, on Reddit side, who frankly is one. I'm inviting him to the stage, but he, he doesn't like Twitter spaces. Okay, well, if you want to come up, Giancarlo, you're definitely welcome to. Uh, the the other thing I was going to say is um, it's clear. Oh, he he came on stage, Pio. You you just pressured him in. Uh, <laughs> G- Giancarlo, you did the video on Reddit NFTs. Maybe you can summarize one of the areas that I saw the video was uh, about, and, and Node will get to you after this. Uh, we're, I'm denying your punk privilege right now. <laughs> just Just offensive. Um, what, what was, uh, maybe you can recap for a lot of people, uh, that, that longer term aspect of things with Reddit NFTs, because it seemed like there was a broader through line here, uh, that you were sort of emphasizing and maybe for, uh, the people that uh, aren't, uh, familiar here with the Reddit NFTs or which ones to buy into. It seemed like there was one that you thought, uh, particularly resonated. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, no, the, the Reddit story is really interesting. I mean, I, I think people aren't appreciating the kind of things that they're saying. Like, if you just read their blog posts around not just the NFTs, but uh, their, like, cryptocurrency community points, is what they call them, uh, they're, like, going hard on, on this pivot. Uh, and, and basically, the blog post is, like, crypto is the future. Like, this is going to be what, you know, the web is, it, how the web is going to be in, in a couple of years. The platforms have too much power, which is, like, funny coming from Reddit. Um, but yeah, the, the, the CEOs come out, they said they want to get to at least 10 million wallets. So if you thought the, the rise to 3 million was a big deal, like they're, they're really going to go hard on it. Probably the next update is going to be a world cup drop around, uh, their avatars. Uh, and then going forward, they're just going to, you know, it's like a perfect canvas to collab with a bunch of brands because it's an established audience. Um, you know, Reddit is, is going to go about it the right way. It's going to be, you know, brand friendly. Uh, and uh, it, it's just like a, a great way to engage people and it can also be leveraged outside of the platform. And that's one thing they said is like, you know, we have karma on Reddit, which I don't know if, if you guys aren't familiar with Reddit, that that's like their way of rewarding contributions is karma. But it's like, it, it, they even call it like fake points because it, you know, it's just like it sits on a server somewhere you can't like leverage it outside of Reddit. And they're like, that's a problem. And then they say this in, in their post. So like, we actually need points that communities can use to build things and, and just become like like more like tokenized communities in Web3, essentially. Uh, I think because they see that, you know, the writing the wall, that, that there's all this development happening around tokenized communities and token gating and all these apps that are going to be beneficial for them. Um, and that's going to be competing with subreddits. And so over time, if subreddits don't adapt, they're just going to lose the, the foothold they have 
on like these sort of niche communities, which, which you know, they, they kind of dominate right now. I mean, uh, no, Node, I'm actually excited that we did uh, punt, punt you to the next uh, speaker because you can speak on both of these different things, which was the cycle into art as well as uh, your thoughts on when, when we cycle back into PFPs. But you also uh, work at a company that's focused on effectively uh, tokenized communities in, in a way, in the sense that uh, it gives you a stake in that community. What, like, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, both of these things. Yeah, and shout out to Giancarlo. I I went I went ahead and uh, signed up for uh, an account on Reddit. Like I have not been on Reddit for years. I couldn't even remember a password. But after I watched his YouTube, I was like, I got to get back onto Reddit and like just try and get that angle because if there's anything we've learned, right, it's that uh, whenever there's something new that that like you're you're entrenched in your old ways, it'll come back to bite you. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, and I do find it interesting that the company I work for is called the Upside Dow. And uh, like we, there's been like any startup, we've gone through a lot of pivots, but I, interestingly enough, what we're settling on right now is the fact that like, there's not, there's not like a really legal way for, for like NFT, a lot of these NFT projects, like a lot of them are going to be deemed securities most likely. And so like, there's some really interesting things happening right now with forming uh, co like legal, legal structures that you can find ways to share ownership in a tokenized community uh, in a completely compliant way. And so that's kind of where where we're focusing. And it's like, it, it's a huge problem that a lot of people just seem to ignore, right? I don't know. I don't know why. I think we just think like, this, this will go away, like regulation will go away. And uh, I think it, I think it's absolutely going to be a big deal. And, you know, it kind of helps to end that debate of like, you know, are the NFT holders, you know, a lot of them kind of initially thought they were actually you know, part of the company and they're absolutely not. They just own a digital collectible, but there's ways now where you can find ways to actually share that ownership. So I think that is pretty exciting um, for sure. And then just on the topic of, of PFPs and, and rotating back and forth, I do think the next wave will be uh, new projects. Like if it's just kind of the way that it goes, people like the shiny new thing. And then there'll be a select few that uh, that are existing that will kind of take off. And right now, like, I mean, I, I kind of think if you were to make me buy one, I'd probably go after a Moonbird pretty soon. Like, I feel like the sentiment is pretty low um, there. And we we're like back to like prices on day one. Um, but I still think they're building and doing cool things. And then the other thing that I'm looking at right now are the Azuki beans. Because if you look at the spread between beans and Azuki's, like that ratio right now is is really uh, it's like a, a big one. Like it's they're they're like the one bean to or whatever, however many beans that equal one Azuki. Like you it, right now, it's at like the the biggest uh, premium or discount, whichever way you want to call it. Like you can for one Azuki, you can get like twelve beans or something. And before it was like a much smaller ratio than that. So I'm interested to see kind of where that goes. But those are the things I'm looking at. Are you are you buying beans right now? Uh, no, I made the mistake of just telling everyone my thoughts instead of buying mm. them first. So yeah, <laughs> I, like I, I trying to be trying to help out people and being like, here's what I'm actually thinking, uh, and not not like filling my bags first, which I should have done. Hey, uh, John Carlo, I'm wondering. There, uh, I believe you suggested what, what's your like favorite Reddit NFT to pick up right now. I mean, in in general, I guess the thesis around the Gen ones, just like anything in, in Gen one, uh, is that 
you know, and everything that we collect and every ecosystem, the, the serial numbers matter. And so if you do believe the, the bull thesis on Reddit and, and you think in, in five years we're going to have like 30 million or 100 million people that own uh, these, these avatars and the Gen 1s should, you know, retain some value in that, in that uh, world. Um, so anything in Gen 1 makes sense. I bought a cone head. And the reason I, I bought a cone head, which is like sort of this like indie artist, it, it's not like the most polished one, but it but it created it, it got like this meme following on Reddit, uh, and they have like their own subreddit, and people are like going around, you know, like the cones, the cones. So whenever you see stuff like that, um, you know, I, I just like to to get behind it, and, and I think it could it could it could go up, and then and then the one that people are seeing as like sort of the grail, I guess, although that's going to change like every year, is the. The, the the Midas Touch, which is the all gold one, which I'm sure you guys have seen on, on Twitter. I actually saw more of the cone heads, uh, ironically, when I went into um, when I went into whatever the NFT subreddit is. I- I'm blanking on the name of it. Digital collectibles. Avatar collectibles. Is, collectible is avatars. Okay, so yeah, the collectible avatars uh, subreddit. <laughs> we should be like checking that out on a regular basis just to see like what's going on there and. Uh, how it's sustaining, but uh, th- one of the things that I- I'll just be curious to see is how they end up uh, adding value to the NFTs. It's also interesting, and this is a little bit of a tangent, and I want to get to Dota, uh, who has his uh, hand raised, but uh, real quick, it- it's the the context of Elon talking about charging for uh, Twitter Blue while we have this entire NFT movement going on is borderline. Um, disappointing to a certain degree in the sense that like look there's this massive opportunity as it applies on the nft side and he's not executing on that component of it and instead we're seeing dogecoin pumping and and when i see that sort of uh that sort of transition now obviously elon's heavily tied uh to doge just on the meme side of things um similar to the way that uh jack um the the one of the co-founders of uh twitter uh, is tied to like Bitcoin at this point in time, but some of their sort of commentary on it feels kind of outdated uh, in the sense of like, or disconnected from the quote Web3 community, whatever you want to call that. Like, uh, and and it, it, it's difficult for me to even say Web3 community because it's really this like NFT sub niche, uh, which is pretty active on Twitter and within discords, et cetera, of which maybe there's 50,000 of us who are like super active in this space. But that's the thing that's sort of disappointing because we see on one end, we have Reddit, who's basically heavily, heavily leaning into this and attempting to sort of like pull us forward into that direct, uh, into that uh, NFT tokenized community side of things. And then we see someone like uh, Elon, essentially, but like I said on our uh, t- noon show, which is what we're going to, uh, which I highly recommend you listen in- into with our show uh, with Elio Trades. Um, but like like we were saying there, he right now his motivations are very clear, and I think that motivation is going to be paying off all the debt that he financed essentially to acquire Twitter, and th- and that's the biggest risk that he has. So he needs to both figure out a way to get to profitability, it, which is why it's unsurprising to see that he's going to lay off a bunch of people, um, and then uh, conversely. Uh, he needs to, or in addition to that, not conversely, in addition to cutting costs, he's going to need to increase revenue. The Twitter blue component of it just feels, uh, sorry, uh, the the Twitter validation or the check, whatever it's called, blue check, the verified status, that whole aspect of things 
feels like a marginal gain in a world where they're making billions of dollars in advertising revenue to add an incremental $50 million a year just feels kind of negligible. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this all pans out, but it does kind of suck to see that. Uh, Signal, you have your hand raised. Dota, your hand went down, but uh, I want to get to you as well. Yeah, no, just on the um, Elon Twitter side of things. I think, I, I mean, personally, I actually like what he's um, implementing. The fact that you, you are seeing more cost-cutting, sort of trimming the fat and hopefully steering the company in a direction where it can actually grow and see. And see and for him to visualize the potential of what, of what could be a blockchain based nft social sorry a blockchain based social network um and i think he will actually move in the direction that you're pointing to nick but i don't think he can do everything at once and the first thing that he will do will be the most obvious which has which has been creators have always wanted to be able to monetize using platforms like twitter that is something that twitter has resisted for a long time so the first things he's going to do is move the needle on the features that the community have, has, has wanted for so long. And then in say, I don't know, 12 to 18 months, we'll probably see what you've been talking about, which is this move towards NFTs and being able to, um, um, what do you say? He, he, he was saying that you'll be able to comment and essentially a comment would just be like a payment that you do. So you, so you comment, make a, you make a payment and that's the idea of reducing bots. And personally, I would pay uh, $20 a month because, because of how much I use Twitter not to see those ads all the time. I just get so many ads I don't want to see. Oh. And if I can pay for them to go away, I'd be very happy for that. And on the Doge side of things, that's just the market speculating that he's going to do something about it. He hasn't said anything. So that's just the market doing what the market well, does. He he did tweet a picture of the of a Doge at uh, Twitter's office. So that was the main thing that I think... Uh, uh, continued that pump. But yeah, we've seen a little bit of a pullback on Doge from nearly 16 cents down to 13 cents. I've, I'm actually interested in taking a flyer on this one just to see what happens. Uh, but it's pure it's pure gambling at this point. And the, the concept that Doge is going to be the thing that's integrated into this is crazy. Conver but conversely, like, does it really matter what the currency is that people are buying in? I, I, I don't know. Like that, that's uh, uh, the bottom line is, I, w I also would pay, but I also pay for YouTube premium. I don't know about $20 a month, but I definitely, I, I'm paying for Twitter blue right now, even though I didn't verify my uh, uh, Twitter pro PFP, which is stupid. But anyways, that, that's where we're at. Dota, I want to give you one, uh, one sec to chime in before we wrap up. Yeah, Nick. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Um, and I want to, you know, go back to the doodles combo. But before I do, I'm super uh, bullish on Signal's take on what Elon's doing. Like, I think... Um, what he's doing is like pretty much taking a PhD and turning it into like a high school certificate. So it has its pros and cons, but for people like me who are trying to work and network in the space, um, I'm bullish on it. But as far as like my doodles goes, um, around the same time you got your crypto punk, I was like going for the bottom and, and I thought, you know, Hey, doodles was a community that I was looking at for a long time. And this would be a solid mid play flip. Um, I would just have, you know, my plan at the time in July was like to just sell for the uh, the doodles to pump. But <laughs> that came and that went. And now I just love my doodles for the art solely. And um, I'm really bullish on the on the case that I think they're going to pull a, like a Reddit style um, growth kind of cycle in terms of like what Reddit is doing with trying to just get everybody involved. Um, not really worry about floor price or worry about like quality, uh, not quality, but like I guess like. 
um, how, you know, investment risk. I think they just really want to get the masses in and they want to become themselves like a platform. Um, and we're seeing it happen like with everybody. I, like the, Gabriel Layden yesterday was like hosting the spaces on like how he should give whitelists to like 6,000 people uh, for his 6,000 project for villains and like every other week Digidaigaku is doing that. So I really don't know like what's how that's going to end up because whenever we see projects just like going from airdrop to new mint to new mint, sometimes it gets diluted. Um, you know, but I think also that leads to like, you know, the direction and the vision of the team behind the project. So if teams are just giving you like one kind of perspective of saying like, Hey, we really care about our core community, but then like they're going to the other side and they're saying to the other, you know, people who are in the community, no, we actually care more about you guys who like are not in the community and we want to like onboard as many people. I feel like that's wishy-washy. And I feel like Doodles is like doing like a solid job of just stating that like, hey, we're just at the point where we got our we got our investments, we got our core community, we got our vision, we got the culture, we know what we want to do now, and we're gonna go from there. And people like Digitagaku and the Reddit folks are like also kind of like sharing that same linear vision. Um, so that's what I'm bullish on. I'm bullish on people who aren't like switching up on us all the time. Excellent. Uh, well, appreciate your commentary, Dota, and shout out to everyone, all, all the speakers for coming on. Before, Pia, I wanted 30 in one sec, but uh, before we do, remember to uh, check out our uh, and support. If you want to support us, support our partner, So Rare. You can do that at the nifty.com slash so rare. Again, T H E N I F T Y.com slash so rare. I had someone uh, say, is it nifty.com? No, it's the nifty.com slash so rare. And uh, P.O., uh, I know you guys are, are, are you, did I see you're doing a top golf without me? <laughs> no, Manny made a joke to Easy where he's like, he has doing top golf London because we just do top golf at all these events, but there is no top golf in London or probably in the UK, period. There, there is in the UK. Kick. There's three in the UK outside of London, actually. That's hysterical. Well, you know, we should have done that, but I don't know how easy it would have been to get everybody to hop on on the tube and go over to Top Golf uh, outside of London. But uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, expect content coming out of London and Lisbon this week. Uh, I'm set up in the hotel room. I got the mic in my hand. We got the system. We're good to go. John Carlo, thank you for thank you for coming on stage and sharing your thoughts, amigo. And hope you can join us since you're warmed up now. Hope you can join us in 90 minutes on the Web3 show with Elio Trades. I know Elio is a big fan of you, and as are we, and we'd love to have you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Give Nifty Nick a hand for how badass he was as the host today. Wow. Didn't know he had it in him. I thought he was going to be a grumpy old man and complain about his belly the whole show. Instead, he hosted a hell of a show. What a badass. We will catch you guys tomorrow, but I'll see you in, in 90 minutes for the Web3 show with Elio Trades. Hopefully, John Carlo crashes ass. See you guys later.